Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,615. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from Nashville, Tennessee, by the name of Jeff Lane. Jeff, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. All right, cool. We're going to have some fun today. You know, before I give you a proper introduction, I would love for you to share something with me and our listeners that most people may not know about you. Uh, I would say I do triathlons, like short sprint triathlons in the summer for fun. Oh, wow, cool. I think most automotive people don't know that I'm really, that's kind of my other, I guess my other hobby. Yeah, exactly. How long have you been doing that? 15 years. Oh, long time. Good for you. Yeah, long time. You're yeah. pretty long. Yep. And triathlons uh, usually involve multiple practices and different things. My uh, son-in-law has, has been very involved in those. He's also done the Ironman competition a few times. But what kind of activities do you do in your triathlons besides, I assume, running is part of it? Right. So the ones I do, I do what they call sprint, uh, which are the shorter ones. So it's a quarter-mile swim, 12-mile bike, and then 5K run. There you go. Very cool. Well, good for you. That sounds awesome. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. Jeff Lane is the founder and director of Lane Motor Museum, which opened back in 2003. It's one of the few museums in the U.S. to specialize in European cars, one of my favorites. The Lane is a working museum with the goal of maintaining and keeping all its vehicles in running order. Jeff was born in Romeo, Michigan, a mere 30 miles from Detroit, which at that time was the car capital of the world. And his father, Gene started an automotive supply business all the way back in 1958. Jeff spent his youth in the family shop working on various motorcycles and car projects, something he still does today. The mission of Lane Motor Museum is to collect, preserve, document, and interpret an eclectic and technically interesting collection of cars and other transportation-related objects for the purpose of educating the public about the history of transportation. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Jeff, but first a word from our valued sponsors. I hope you give them a listen, give them some support. These are the guys that keep this show on the air. So be right back. The best way to protect your vehicles is with a Covercraft custom fit car cover. I know because I've been using their covers on my vehicles since 1975. Plus, they offer a multitude of options depending on your situation. Indoor covers include form fit, dust stop, the oh-so-soft fleece satin, and their very unique view shield, a cover that protects while allowing you to see your favorite vehicle while the cover's on your car. Amazing. Need a cover that will protect your ride outside? Their incredible options allow you to choose from Weather Shield, Sumbrella, Weather Shield HD, Block It, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, Nova, and Weather Shield HP. So many options. Whether you're looking for rain protection, UV shielding from the sun's damaging rays, breathability, dust protection, snow protection, even ding protection and protection from those paint-destroying bird droppings. They've got you covered. Their soft-touch covers are safe for your paint, and the custom fit keeps them from blowing off. If you live in a windy area, get the Covercraft Gust Guards. 
They're a must-have if your car sits outside in windy conditions. Worried about theft? They have cable locks, too, with built-in grommets that keep your cover safely on your vehicle. Their website makes ordering fast and easy, and their talented customer service department will walk you through any ordering questions. They can customize a cover for almost any vehicle on the planet. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code yeah 120 at covercraft.com you'll get 10 percent off your covercraft order that's right so go to covercraft.com use the code yeah y-e-a-h 120 at checkout and get 10 percent off on me mark here at cars yeah covercraft they've got you covered hey mark green here i want to invite you to an exclusive virtual wine tasting event that i'm hosting on wednesday August 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. You've heard me talk about Adobe Road Winery's The Racing Series here on Cars Yeah. For this exclusive event, I have invited some of my fellow automotive enthusiasts and past Cars Yeah guests to join us. Mikhail Haggerty and Wayne Carini will share their love of classic cars. Lynn St. James will be providing insights on racing and you'll learn about the challenges of choosing Best in Show from Jeff Love and David Lillywhite, editors of the magnificent Magneto magazine with their virtual online concour. When you purchase two bottles of the racing series, you'll get a private invitation to this exclusive Zoom event that centers at Adobe Road Winery, where Vintner and endurance racer Kevin Buckler and his winemaker Garrett Martin will share the secrets of their unique racing series wines. Having enjoyed these delicious blends, I promise you're going to love the Racing Series. Here's how you join. Your purchase of two bottles from the Racing Series gets you in the virtual door. Use the code UNICEF, all capitals, U-N-I-C-E-F, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your purchase of any of the Racing Series wines. Plus, Adobe Road will be giving 10% of this event's sales to UNICEF. As an added bonus, Jeff and David will give everyone joining us a one-year subscription to their Magneto magazine. That's a $72 value. It's like getting an extra bottle of wine for free. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. So go to adoberoadwines.com, use the code UNICEF today, and join us for a very fast and fun evening. Wednesday, August 26th. Cheers! American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. Yeah, the one I call my orange crush. When it came time to renew my policy, my carrier jacked my rates up, even though I'd been with them for years. I'd never made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? Adios. So I started shopping around and kept hearing about American Collectors Insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts, friends, and folks in the car industry. I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collectors Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is, should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH, that's 866-224-9324, and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. 
You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Hey, uh, Jeff, as we continue on your journey, I would like to ask you for a success quote or a mantra, maybe some kind of saying that has been instrumental in forming your life and your life around cars. It's a nice way to get the uh, inspirational wheels turning here on Cars, yeah. So, Jeff, grab the wheel. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot of good things, I think, but one of them, uh, Hans Stuck had a good one that I always liked, and he said, the sun doesn't shine every day. So, you know, that's one of my mantras in life is, Things don't always go as you want, right? And don't take that, you know, just take it in stride and keep going. But uh, that's just the way it is. If you have a day that isn't going the way you want it to be going, how do you approach that to turn it around so it doesn't become something negative in your life? Uh, You know, I mean, and and I don't mean that to be a negative quote, but, you know, like I try to stay positive. I mean, no matter what's happening, you got to think, you know, you're going to get through it. You're going to figure it out not going to last forever. I know I used to race sports cars for a few years and it was always like, it was always like when you went off the track, right. And you're sliding through the grass, you're always thinking, I'm not going to hit the guardrail. I'm not going to hit the guardrail. <laughs> yes. Most of the time you don't hit the guardrail, but once in a while you do, right. Yeah. Uh, or the tire barrier or whatever. So that's, that's kind of the attitude I like to keep is keep, keep positive, right? Exactly. It reminds me back in the, the olden days, you know, I'm I'm kind of up there in age like you, and uh, I remember the old saying in the 60s, keep on trucking. And uh, the yeah. whole <laughs> idea is, no matter what, just keep on moving, keep moving forward, try to keep uh, your chin up in the air and stay positive. Well, I'd love for you to talk more about Lane Motor Museum. Share with my listeners what the museum is all about, why you created this, uh, what would they expect to see when they go there and the the kind of fun things that you guys do, and what's the whole idea behind this museum? Yeah, it, the museum was really kind of an outgrowth of my personal collection, which had, had grown to uh, about 75 cars back in the early 2000. And, uh, you know, I had all these, I have an Ampa car, I had a Tatra T87, I had a lot of unique cars, and mm-hmm. people around town kind of heard about that. And, you know, would want to see them. And, um, one thing that happened is they're, you know, they're just, they were dispersed. They were like in six different buildings, right? Yeah, so you sure. Never, <laughs> yeah. You never really see all the cars, right? Uh-huh. Uh, unless you had all day probably. So, you know, at that point I decided, you know, I like the cars. I like to share them with people. And I thought the best thing to do is put them in one entity and have them all together and, you know, have them available so the public can see them. And so that's, you know, that's the reason that I did the museum. Now, you guys maintain the vehicles as well, and I noted that when I introduced you. Do you have a shop there where you work on the cars? You actually preserve the vehicles? Do you do restoration work as well? Right. We have So we have a restoration shop that we have three full-time restoration technicians, and then we also have, like in the basement where a lot of the cars are stored, we also have uh, a couple of guys that do like smaller maintenance, like change an alternator, uh, do some light brake work, stuff like that. So because we, you know, we like we believe all the cars should be driven. I mm-hmm. mean, cars are made to be driven, and we try to drive um, all of our cars at least twice a year. So that's a uh, you know with with six hundred or so cars. That's a oh my god. That's a pretty a pretty tall order, you know, but but that's that's what we try to do. I mean, I, I'm not saying because obviously we have some cars that are projects and are not runnable, right? Sure. But but the majority of the collection is 
in runnable conditions. So, yeah. Now, I also mentioned that a uh, majority of your cars, maybe all of them, are European marks. Is that because that's something that you favor? Yeah, you know, so we're predominantly European, um, although we, you know, we have some American, we have some Japanese, but I think that started out because I started, you know, as a young kid with my dad uh, doing MGT series, TF, ah. and on TFs and going to meets, and so the, the European, and then I kind of wandered from there into microcars, so I kind of, that's, I think, kind of where the European slant came from. And another part of what you do is try to educate people about transportation and vehicles. Do you get a lot of, let's say, field trips from schools or young people that come through the museum to to learn about the history of cars, to kind of keep this passion going forward into the future? We do get quite a few uh, field trips from the schools and stuff, and and we get everything from – you know, like an economics class will maybe come and study the microcars and about the devastation after World War II and people were walking and riding bicycles – and why these goofy little cars seem kind of crazy, but in that context, you know, they made sense. I mean, it was better driving a BMW iZ on a rainy, cold day than riding a bicycle, right? So, right. And, you get, and you get photography classes that come because we have a lot of strangely shaped cars, so they come to take pictures of different things. They're really not uh, not real interested in the history of the car, but they're interested in the aesthetic and the curves and the coloring. So we get we get a lot of different groups uh, of, of different different interests. What are some of the most unique vehicles that you have in the museum? You know, so we have about fourteen propeller powered vehicles, like cars, canoes, bicycles. Um, those are very unique. That was a very obscure, mostly European uh, event that happened in the twenties and early thirties when. You know, some of the people in airplanes were starting to become very, I don't want to say popular, but uh, fairly popular. And there were some people that believed that propeller power was going to be the wave of the future, not just for airplanes, but for for buses and cars and everything. Mm -hmm. It obviously didn't turn out that way, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so those are, those are unique. Um, You know, the microcars are unique, um, especially in the United States, because that's something we really never saw here. Um, and so people really have limited knowledge or maybe no knowledge of the microcars. And the microcar people did a lot of kind of interesting, fun things. Uh, that's another big part of our collection. We have the largest collection of Tatra, which is a Czechoslovakian company, automobiles in the United States. Uh, we have 24 Tatras, and they were a very innovative company, did uh, streamlined cars, V8 overhead cam cars in the 30s. Another really neat, neat part of our collection. Yeah, those are some really unique cars, for sure. Things that, especially young people, would probably walk in and go, what? I mean, they had propellers on cars? I mean, yeah, those are interesting vehicles. And when you look at them nowadays, you kind of go, what on earth were they thinking? But you know what? There'll be 100 years from now, people will look back at the vehicles we have and think, what on earth were they thinking? Why were they doing that? Yeah. But, they, you know, the propeller cars really back in the day, um, you know, their, their thing was no transmission, no clutch, no differential. So it was going to be lighter, mm-hmm. it was going to be simpler, and it was going to get a better fuel economy. Which, and, you know, you can imagine in the 20s, like somewhere in France where the roads are flat, there's not much traffic, there's not many stop signs or maybe no stop signs. Because that's really what a propeller-powered car does pretty well. It's kind of like an airplane, right? It right. cruises along yeah. really well. It doesn't like taking off. It doesn't like going up and down. but but again, of course, like you say today, and of course, speeds were lower, right? Much, much lower than they are now. Nowadays, in Nashville, Tennessee, with red lights and the traffic and the hills, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, it, it just, 
it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I always like to talk a little bit with my guests about a big challenge they faced in their life or their career. Uh, more so, what was the lesson learned so they came out on a positive way? So would you take us on perhaps a journey that was a bit of a challenge, maybe even a failure for you, and tell us how that particular experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your life and your career and your business? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of challenges. Um, I th- I th- I'll, I'll just pick one interesting one was, you know, we bought a Lark, which is a 70, uh, uh, 60-ton amphibious cargo vehicle um, that the Army used. Uh, and, you know, I actually saw it on eBay. Uh, I flew down to Florida to look at it to make sure it ran and drove, right? And we wanted to add it to the collection. Now, the big, uh, you know, before we bought it, the big challenge was, can we even get it to the museum, right? Because it's 26 feet <laughs> wide. Yeah. It's, six, four, it's 14 feet high. So, so you know, after I looked at it, I said, okay, it's in running condition. I'm like, okay, I'm interested if I can find a way to get it here, you know, at a, at a reasonable cost, right? right? So so we, you know, the the thing was, was in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. And so it's like, okay, you can take waterways and come up to <clears throat> Nashville, Cumberland River, right? So we contacted some tugboat companies about towing it up here, and we got some astronomical prices and everything. We're like, okay, we're never going to be able to make this work. But, you know, one of the companies I talked to said, you know, you might think about calling this tugboat school because they train people to get their license to be a tugboat captain or driver, whatever you want to call okay. it, right? And, and they probably would do it for the cost of the fuel, and then they would get the training, right? Because it was, you know, it was like a two-week trip. Yeah. They go like, what, five miles an hour or some, some crazy, you know, low speed like that. So we contacted a company, and they said, yeah, yeah, we'd absolutely do it. And, and the price was like a quarter of what, you know, um, everybody else was. But then the, the next challenge was when you get it to Nashville, there was nowhere from the river that we could find that you could drive it up out of the water because of its width. Right. Oh, okay. boat, we have boat ramps, but they're not that big. And so we're like, okay, we need to find a crane to pick this thing up. Then it weighs, I think, like 200,000 pounds. So we had to, oh you know, we had to God. find a crane company that, you know, and that, that was really, you know, it was a couple of them said, no, nah, that's too, you know, our 150 is our limit. And we found one company that said, you know, our limit's like 210. Yeah. So we were right, you know, we were close to the edge, but it was a logistical, challenge to, to you know we made it work we, <clears throat> we were able to do it but um it took a lot of effort i can't even imagine oh my gosh that's well some tenacity on your end that's pretty cool yeah and we actually did we, we actually did a video of of kind of the process of taking it out of the water and then driving it through downtown we of course on top of that you get it out of the water then where where it came out of was like uh, six miles from the museum, so we had to drive through downtown Nashville. So you had to get a house moving company to set up the route, and you had to do it at night and all these. So we did a nice. There's a, if you look on our YouTube channel, there's a nice. I think it's a 15 minute video. Wow. About that whole kind of the whole process. All right, I'll put a link to that on uh, Jeff Shono's page here, so you can uh, partake in that. That sounds fascinating. Man, uh, I've heard of having challenges of getting cars back from other places, but nothing ever like this. So that's pretty cool. Well, let's take a short break and thank our sponsors here. And we come back. I want to dive a little deeper, Jeff, into your passion for cars, history, and the things that you really love. So sit tight. Keep your seatbelt on. Uh, enjoy our sponsors here. I hope you support them. They are the ones who keep this show going. And we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. 
I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. All right, we are back. You know, when I introduced you, Jeff, I talked about your dad having that business he started back in 58. Gosh, the year I was born. I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> but that you were playing in the shop, the workshop there with cars. Uh, share a story with me that tells us about that pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed going to be a car guy. It sounds like just like your dad was. I think, you know, so my dad was, was in, you know, he bought a new MG in 1954 when he was in Germany um, in the Army. And um, then we came back to Romeo, north of, of Michigan, and got married, realized that the cold climate, starting a family, a two-seater sports car was just like totally impractical, yeah. right? So he got rid of it. Um, but then, you know, when I was like seven or eight, he bought another MG TF, and we started to go to shows with it. Um, I helped him restore it, um, and, and it, you know, we enjoyed going to shows all the time. And when I turned 12, he asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And I said, well, since I helped you restore your TF, um, I said, I want a TF of my own, MG TF. And, so, you know, I, and, and as a kid, I'm thinking, oh, that'll never happen, never happen, right? So yeah. for Christmas that year, I got an MGTF, but it was in pieces. It was oh. the back of a pickup <laughs> truck, totally totally disassembled. Um, well, you know, which really I'm thinking, okay, it's not that big a problem because I already helped him restore his car. Yeah. We had a workshop. 
uh, I got four, you know, I got four years before I can get my license anyway, right? So, you know, it's not like, and, I, and I'm a kid, right? So in the summer I mow grass and I got other odd jobs. So yeah. I got tons of time. So uh, I think that was the moment, you know, I'm kind of, okay, I got my own car, um, you know, and, and so that was kind of, I mean, it, 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 it was festering before that, but I think that kind of cemented the uh, the car paint. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, MGs are the T-Series of the car that kicked me off. My dad had a 49 TC when I was five years old. And boy, I remember that car riding in that car and all the fun. Uh, how about your first really special vehicle? Was it that TF? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would have been because, you know, even even then a TF was a classic collectible, right? Right. Uh, so to be a 16 year old kid and have one, you know, and so once, you know, once I turned 16, then I could go to MG meets, uh, you know, sometimes by myself, sometimes with my dad. I mean, I go to a meet in Boston. I went to a meet one time. I think when I was a junior, I went to the meet in Olympia, Washington from Michigan. Oh, okay. That's a bit of a drive. Well, you know, 2,000 miles each way. But, you know, I knew how to fix the car. And, you know, my dad would go to some meets, but, of course, he was working full-time. So for him to get, you know, that kind of time off was pretty impossible. Well, the TF, when I think about that car compared to the TC series or even the TD, the TF, they, they kind of started making them a little more civilized. I know that may sound funny today, but I'm trying to remember, help remind me, what were some of the ways that it differentiated itself to make it a better driver than, say, a TC? Because those are... Pretty much an antique car, right? You know, so so the TC had leaf springs all around and a solid front axle, solid rear axle, so non-independent suspension. So when they went to the TD, which is after the TC, and the TF was a very similar car with slightly changed uh, metal sheet metal, but the TF had independent uh, front suspension, coil springs, right? Um, so that made it it made it handle much better yeah. than, than a TC. Um, and the TC was a pair, you know, and I have a TC. And I like TCs, but of course the TC had uh, gearbox steering, which was horrible. Uh, TF had rack and pinion, so the, you know they're the, the, they did some pretty good updates to make the TD and the TF a better a better handling car than the, than the TC. Well, you're a brave young man to drive that car 2,000 miles to Olympia. Holy cow! Uh, yeah, that no, was fun though. You know, as a kid, it's I'll an bet. adventure, right? And, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I think that sometimes that's what people miss now is, is, is I think about how much fun and how much I enjoyed that. And, you know, if young people don't get those kind of like magic trips when they're younger, right? Because oh, yeah. once you start working, um, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to take off. Uh, you know, I think I took two weeks off. Right. You get out there in a week to get back. So Sure. Now, I understand. I bought a, a Beck Spider that was built by John Wilhoyt down in Long Beach and my son when he was eight, and I drove that car 1,450 miles back to Gig Harbor, Washington. And that car is pretty much like a little race car, you know, tube frame, fiberglass body, no top, no heat, no air conditioning, no radio. Uh, you could drive under semis in that thing. It's so low. And, right. You know, uh, but boy, that's an adventure he and I will never, ever forget. So... Yeah, fun rides. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Jeff. I'm going to crawl into your mind a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle sitting in your museum, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, and I'm interested in this answer because you're such an eclectic collector, so many different things, what would Jeff Elaine be and why? As a car. Uh... I would hope I'd be like a Lotus Elan. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Now, yeah. I, I like those. Why a Lotus Elan? 
You know, I just, I mean, it's it, it's a great handling car. It's really well balanced. Uh, you know, it's not real powerful. Um, it's a nice looking car, but also it's a little bit quirky and unreliable, right? Mm-hmm. So it's got some positive things. It's got, but you know, the, the the part of the fun of having a car is, is is you know having it not be perfect. Yes. And having the chance of breaking down and stuff, you know, because, you know, if you just, I don't want to pick up modern cars, but, you know, modern cars really become a lot more of an appliance, right? You don't right. ever expect to break down, right? Exactly. Never that thought. I mean, it happens, but just so rarely. But, you know, in an old car, if, if you if you travel, you take a little bit of precaution because, you know, something could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are beautiful cars. I have a friend who lives down in Escondido, California. He has the Elan that he came home from the hospital in. When he was born, his father had that car, and then his father eventually handed it down to him, and he still has it. He literally was put in a bassinet or a ba- basket between his mom's feet on the floorboard <laughs> of that car and, and came home in it. And uh, he still has it to this day. But, uh, yeah, fun little quirky cars. And I remember the car before that, the Elite, which was such a delicate little I look right. at the elites. I got to drive one once. It was like driving a piece of jewelry. Uh, of course, Colin Chapman with all his lightness modifications and the way, or not modifications, but just the way he thought about vehicles uh, was certainly that way. So, all right, Jeff, well, we are entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off some questions and ask you to give us some okay. quick blips of that Lotus Elan throttle. So here we go. Uh, what's one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes in life? Uh, I think that, you know, I'm a flexible person. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a positive person. So I take every situation and try to look at the bright side of it. Nice. Good way to go through life. Goes back to that mantra at the beginning of our talk. How about if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a meal or a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I think I'd pick Nikki Lauda. Wow. Okay. And why Nikki? I, you know, I just think as a race car driver that he, you know, he was a great driver. He had great drive. He didn't, you know, and he didn't really need to be a race car driver, right? But that's what he wanted to do. I mean, he, and he did terrible, terrible crashes, and then he would come right back, and people would say, oh, no, no, you shouldn't come back. So I think, you know, he just, you know, he, he, he had my attitude was like, just keep at it, keep going. Yeah. You know, eventually you're going to get to where you want to be if there's a place you want to be. I mean, I think he just, you know, he was a very motivated person. Very driven person and, of course, went on to create an airline and work in Formula One. I mean, all the things that he did, he just, nothing seemed to stop that guy. He just, if he wanted to do something, he went after it. And I remember when one of his aircraft crashed and they were blaming him, his pilots, and he went back and was able to prove, no, it was the aircraft manufacturer. I think it was Boeing at the time, actually. Boeing, yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. say, well, it was not my pilot. It was your airplane that caused this disaster. Um, his tenacity, and and uh, I think the guy was a very smart person too. When you think about all yeah. the things that he did, how about the best automotive advice someone else has ever given you? What was that, and who gave that to you? You know, um, I I think one of the things that that I that I like is people talk about you know classic cars. And they tell people, you know, if you're going to get a classic car, get something that you can enjoy, you know, using and having. Um, don't 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 get a car that's because you know everybody wants whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Just because they want to be part of the, the the popular club. Get something that interests you. 
Yeah. Um, you know, so, if, you know, just because, I mean, I love 2CVs, Citron 2CVs. Mm. And some people, you know, wouldn't touch them. But, uh, I mean, we're all different and we're all going to enjoy different cars. But, if you know, if, if, if you like quirky, weird cars um, or you like micro cars, you know, I, I don't buy a Mustang because then you're not going to be happy, right? You're not going to yeah. enjoy it. Um, and, and you should enjoy it. So, you know, and I don't know who actually kind of put that, up there, but you know, the, 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 that's up there a lot. And, and I think it's great. It, it's great advice. You know, it is. I've talked to so many people now. Well, you're my 1615th guest here on Cars. Yeah. So talk to a lot of people. And of course, the people I've talked to uh, on the Vice Hole podcast that I do with Keith Martin from Sports Car Market. And we hear this over and over again. When you're going to buy a classic car, number one, really learn about it. Number two, buy one that makes you smile. Don't buy it because it's popular or you think you're going to make money off of it uh, or friends are telling you what to get. Get something that you enjoy. So it's really, really important advice when it comes to a classic car. How about a resource out there that you think our listeners would enjoy? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really have a single resource um, because, you know, I use the internet. There's magazines, there's personal contacts. Um, yeah. so I, I don't know that I really have anything for that. Well, I'm going to add one to your show notes page and that would be the Lane Automotive Museum. In my mind, your museum and the eclectic nature of the vehicles is a wonderful resource for all sorts of people. You mentioned it at the beginning, whether you're just a photographer, well, I shouldn't say just, but you're a photographer who enjoys shooting unique things. You want to learn about history, uh, the economics of man- of car manufacturing and transportation. Uh, so let's throw that in there. I think you guys are a great resource for automotive yeah. lovers around the world. And of course, I'll remind everybody, I'll put a link to the website there. You can check it out. They've got a great website. You can go and explore and spend some time there since right now we all seem to be kind of locked down a little bit. Uh, let me ask you this, and I didn't touch on it earlier. Uh, how has this pandemic affected you? And first and foremost, are you and your family healthy and okay? Oh yeah, we're fine. We're right. fine. You know, it's it's obviously it's affected us all, right? So yeah. I mean, typically I would be doing car shows, doing a lot of traveling, uh, especially during the summer. And so that, although I did go to the the Fiat uh, Club, had their meet in Knoxville last uh, last week. Oh wow! So that that's the only car show that's kind of happened since Amelia Island that I, that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you know that's kind of stopped or slowed down, although, you know, there's a good in everything, right? So I've got a little bit more free time, and I'm like everybody else as I'm working on some of those projects that I was always going to get to. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that I never seemed to get to, so, you uh-huh. know, I'm, 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 I'm doing some of that. And, um, so, but, you know, so it's, it's a little bit of a break, and it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. all bad. Absolutely. Well, there's your nature, Jeff, the silver lining in every dark cloud. So kudos to you. Is there a book that you'd like to share with our listeners that you've enjoyed reading? You know, I've read a ton of automotive books, and, and but since I yeah, I like Nicky Lauda, and and I I've, he's written I believe three books, and I've read all of them. It's been a while since he's written a book, but I remember all of his books were really entertaining and interesting, uh, and I really enjoyed them. You know, there's a, a new book out by uh, John Saltonstall uh, titled Nicky Lauda, His Complete uh, or His Competition History. I don't know if you've seen this book, but you might want to get your hands on it. Uh, it's by Evro, the publishers. They publish some really great automotive books. It's a really nice book, uh, something that you should uh, perhaps add to your library, Jeff, if you enjoy Nicky Lauda. Uh, it's okay. a really in depth study on him. So uh, I'll put a link to that book. 
for all you listeners and for you, Jeff, on your show notes page. So yeah, can, yeah, great. I'd yeah, love to read yeah, it. Yeah, uh, the author was a guest on my show, John at J-O-N Saltonstall. You can go back and find my talk with him on the Carja website. I think you would enjoy that since you like Nikki. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here. Now, this question can be a bit of a doozy, and it's going to be a big old doozy for a guy like you because there are some rules to this game since I'm writing a big check today. I'm going to buy you any collector car on the planet. doesn't matter where it is, what it is, but here are the rules that might make this a challenge for you, Jeff. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with or fund your museum or buy more cars with. You have to keep it. I want you to drive it and enjoy it, which isn't a problem for you, but it needs to tick a lot of boxes because here's the kicker. It's the only one collector car you can have. So for a guy that has a few cars in his garage, if you had to narrow your choice, let's just say for today, what's the one car I could park in your garage, Jeff? That's a really tough one. Uh, You know, I guess... Yeah, Fiat, I think the the old Fiat 500, you know, I really, it was really well engineered. It's really small. It's, it, it's really well done. It's kind of fun to drive because it's, you know, it's not very fast. So you can, I mean, I like driving slower cars because you don't really need to worry about how fast you're going, right? So it's just yes. put to the floor and eventually you're going to end up at a stop sign or, a, you know, <laughs> red light or something. And you don't need to, you're not going to be getting over the speed limit anyway. So I would say, an old, you know, the old, the original Fiat 500 from the, from the 60s. Okay, you just threw a curve at me. I just went into the wall. We talked about this earlier, sliding into the, across the grass. Of, of all the cars, you pick a Fiat 500. This is really interesting to me because there's so many interesting cars out there. But again, you like things that are different. So I'm sitting here smiling in a way, but I'm kind of scratching my head going, Fiat 500. Wow, what a choice of all the things that are out there. That's very, very interesting. Have you had one of those cars? Yeah, we have we have some here in our collection. And, and, and you know, it's one of my... I mean, I like driving all the cars, but to me, that's always... Every time I drive it, I'm like, what a great... Uh, you know what a well done car. Uh, yeah. You know, especially for the time. I mean, now it's slow and it's tiny, right? But yeah. you know, everything's got bigger and faster, and you know, so it's you know, we're here plus fifty years or more. So, but I just every time I drive that car, I'm thinking they really did just such a super job with this car. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to email you something. I had a guest on my show. He's been on the show twice. Uh, me too. Me too. Valentine. He's from. Uh, Oh, gosh, I'm always remembering or forgetting what part of the world he's from. Bucharest, Bucharest. He's from Bucharest, and he is an artist that paints with coffee. He paints watercolor photograph or drawings of cars using coffee. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he just did one that he posted. I'm going to go find it and email it to you of a little Fiat 500, a beautiful little illustration done with coffee it's just fascinating and when you were saying that i was thinking of that imagery that he did and you listeners go back and find him on my show he's a fascinating guy very talented Uh, i've got some of his pieces of artwork so i'll send you that in an email and you can learn more about him but a fiat 500 well you know i won't say you're a cheap date because that put you down a little bit but but thank you for (laughs) thank you for not putting uh putting my making me pull out the big checkbook here today i think it's a wonderful choice and that certainly tells us a little more about your character and the passion you have for all sorts of different cars jeff you've taken me on a fun ride today this has been great really enjoyed spending the morning with you thank you for sharing your journey before i let you go though could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off or maybe putt putt off into the sunset in a fiat 500 uh, you know, I think my parting words would be, you know, 
enjoy your classic cars. You yeah. know, take them out, drive them, and you know, use them use them to your enjoyment. They were they they were meant to be driven and enjoyed and, and have fun with. Well, you inspired me. After I'm done with all my shows today, I think I'll take my old Porsche out for a drive. It's a beautiful day uh, and enjoy it and put a smile on my face and think about you and the Lane Motor Museum. Listeners, you can find all these uh, references and connections on Jeff's show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Jeff Lane, L-A-N-E. He's in the center lane uh, or he's in the right lane or left lane, depending on where he wants to go. Uh, you can <laughs> find his website at lanemotormuseum.org. I encourage you to visit and enjoy and partake. And if you get out to Nashville, you should make the Lane Motor Museum definitely a bucket list item for you to go see. Jeff, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, your fun, and your experiences with uh, the Car Show listeners and with me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Great. It's been fun. Thank you. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!